Welcome to the River of Life Church podcast, your home for weekly messages that will equip you in your spiritual growth. Thank you from everyone here at ROLC and enjoy the sermon. Well, good morning, everyone. And good morning to our online campus. We're excited to have you all with us today. I've been looking forward to both of these services. This is our 9 a.m. service. Been looking forward to the 9 a.m. and the 11 a.m. with my good friend and a great man of God, Joe Jackson. He has a word from God. Yesterday, we had a men's breakfast. We had 40 men. It was a great turnout. 40 men showed up, and it was a man's breakfast. Pete Jesus and Frank uh, Wickham and then also Jack Pearson were our cooks. They had uncooked meat. It was a real man's menu. Uncooked meat, I'm just teasing. We had eggs and overcooked bacon and sausage, but it was a, it was, it was a good meal. They did a great job. I just thought I would just fantasize just for a moment and make us sound like we're more man than we are. But anyhow, we're men of God, amen? But it was a great time, had a great word that challenged us. Uh, You know you haven't been preached to if you don't feel like your toes are a little bit in pain. So it's good to have our toes stepped on. That means we're being challenged. Amen? But it was a great time together, and now we'll be gathering today. I want to encourage you as you leave, you can stop in the lobby. Joe has his ministry table set up. He has a a book that LifeWord Publishing did, an incredible job preparing and marketing for him. It's his life story. It's called Championship Sunday. Incredible reads. It's just reaching people all over the nation and in different parts of the world as orders go out. But you will be blessed. You'll, you'll actually go through and live his life with him from when he was a child, didn't know the Lord really the way he's now in love with Jesus Christ, and just take that journey and see what God used to shape him and mold him. Even when he wasn't aware, God was aware, just like he is for our lives, amen? So it's a great read, you'll enjoy it. And then if you want some Jesus hats and some Jesus shirts to wear your testimony around town, and in other areas, you can do that as well. So take advantage, and those of you online can also take advantage as well by going to joejacksonministries.org, joejacksonministries.org. Well, it's time to welcome a, a great friend who, when he stands next to me, he makes me feel even shorter than I am. But he's big in faith, and you're just fall. Those of you who know him, you you love him already. Just give a warm river of life welcome to my friend, man of God, Joe Jackson. When I was at his wedding, I was one of his groomsmen, and all these NFL guys, some of them almost seven feet, six foot eight, a couple of the guys, and I tell you what, I felt like I was four foot three. But anyhow, I was big in heart. I love this man. And for the record, I'm 5'11", but it doesn't look like it right now, does it? So, God bless you, Joe, as you bring the Word of God. Hey, God bless you, my brother. Craig, I need to correct you on one thing. You said there was bacon yesterday at the men's breakfast. I did not get any, I I I didn't even get a half a strip of bacon. So, I don't know if there was bacon there or not, but... Like Cindy said, we've known each other for 30 years, and I know a lot of pastors, and I know a lot of people, but Craig and Cindy are our family, and I don't know of a, another pastor on this planet that uh, I love more than Pastor Craig Lauterbach, and uh, you are blessed to have this servant leader here 
at River of Life Church. And I think you know that. I, I really believe that you know that. You're aware of that. And, and my dear little sweet, beautiful sister, Cindy, I love her so much. And she is so cute. <laughs> oh, we love her, my wife and I. And this is, this is just like home for me to be here at, uh, I was going to say Lamberville, but uh, River of Life. We've known each other for so many years back and you know what? I, I need to say something about that praise team, man. That, those, those guys are awesome. The singers and, wow, that's probably, probably the best that you've ever had. I know Plinky and those guys over there at River of Light, or uh, the Lamberville um, AG, but uh, man, these guys were just totally, I just really love them. You know, church, we are comrades. We are comrades. We are comrades in an army, and I want to talk to you about that this morning. The title of this message is simply titled, The Army of the King. You know, there is a lot of weird and even stupid stuff said today about spiritual warfare. There are extreme teachings said today about spiritual warfare. And because sometimes people make it so strange and so weird we find ourselves running from the devil. Well, we are in a warfare, yes, but we need not to run from the devil. On the contrary, we possess all the tools for the battle. Now, Father, for the next few minutes, I need the anointing of God. Lord, I know the enemy doesn't want this message to go forth. But God, we know that the blood of Christ is against the enemy. He is under our feet. So, Father God, I pray, Lord, that you would have your way. God, that this word would come from the throne of God, from the heart of God. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said. Amen. Well, the book of Ephesians, I believe, is God's primary statement in the Bible about who the people of God are, who you and I are as a child of the, living, of the living God. Now, the theme of the book of Ephesians, I believe, is raging spiritual warfare. Say that with me, raging spiritual warfare. Yes, folks, we are in a war. There's a war going on. It exists when you walk out of this building and go to your homes. For many of you, or some of you, are at war with those living in your household. It exists tomorrow when you go to work. Because some of you perhaps are at war with your co-workers. Some of you are in situations that you can't stand that other worker, that co-worker that works beside you. It exists perhaps for some of you who sit in this building even right now. Because there is a war that is raging inside of you. If I were to give a a theme verse for the book of Ephesians, it would be raging spiritual warfare out of Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we wrestle what? Not against what? Flesh and blood, but against what? Help me out here. What is it? I heard it over there. Yeah, you're right. Principalities. And the war that we fight, again, is not against flesh and blood. But there is a spiritual battle in your life and in my life. Now, listen to me. There may be secondary causes uh, because the enemy will use people. 
For instance, Thursday night, I flew all the way from Dallas, Texas to catch a plane at 5.30 to go to Phoenix. Well, when I got to DFW, they told me that the plane was three hours late. Three hours late, and I might not even make my connection from Phoenix to Philly. Well, I did make the connection, but I had to wait for three hours. Got on the plane. I had planned to arrive in Phoenix, drive home, pick up my wife, because we're coming here together. She did not go with me to Dallas. And I couldn't do that because I didn't have time. If I went home, I would miss my flight to Philly. My wife and I, so she drove. We got to the airport. We're in the line. TSA agent says, pre-checked is closed. I said, why is it closed? I said, it's only 10 o'clock. Pre-checked is closed. No explanation. I went through TSA. They said, um, uh, get over there in this line. They were mean. They were nasty. So I started getting mean and nasty. I shouldn't have, but I did. So we went through pre-check, got on the flight, flew to Chicago, went to the Admiral's Club because we did have a half an hour, hour layover, went to the gate to board our plane from Chicago to Philly. We get up there, group one is called, you may get in line. We got in line, gave her our ticket, they put it through the um, reader, they said, you have been canceled, your reservation has been canceled. I said, what are you talking about? Here it is right here. It says I'm seated in 14D. And my wife is seated right next to me in 14E. He says, sir, this reservation has been canceled. Get out of this line and talk to the agent. I said, I'm about ready to talk to you. <laughs> See, the enemy will use people. But they are not the primary cause because, again, it is a spiritual warfare. We know that ever since the Garden of Eden, Satan has been saying, know what? This is my territory. And I have a right and I should be able to set up shop, to set up my kingdom on this earth wherever I want to. If you remember, it was Satan who was responsible for having Adam and Eve kicked out of Eden. You see, Satan, he wants it all. Oh, yeah. He wants your life. He wants your family. He wants your kids. He wants your spouse. He wants it all. He wants the people that you love. He wants the people that you know. He wants the people that you don't even like. He wants the whole enchilada. However, God has set up universal sanctions and parameters. He says, uh-uh, devil. This is mine. I am the creator. The earth is the Lord and they that dwell therein. He says that these are my people. These are the sheep of my pasture. The world was created by him, through him, and for him. And God says it's all mine. Which Satan responds, okay, if that be so, if that be the case, then just put me out. See, that's the struggle, that's the war that rages today. So what did 
God has done is exactly what the United States has done and its allies have done. They have created an army. God has created an army. The army, not of the USA, but the army of the king. He has created an army to serve notice on all those who are in rebellion that you are operating on God's territory. And the book of Ephesians is an explanation of identification of this army and what the task of this army is. And it's the task of this army is raging, raging spiritual warfare on the earth. Oh, yeah. Now, Ephesians, of course, is divided into two parts, six chapters, equally divided. Verse, or rather chapters one through three, talk about the calling or your calling. Have you ever heard of the statement, you know what, brother, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting to get the call. You know, when I was drafted by the New York Jets, that was a dream come true. I'd waited for 22 years to hear that call. And, and in February of 1972, February 2nd, I got a call from the head coach of the New York Jets, and that's Wee Pubank. And he told me, Joey, you have been drafted by the New York Jet, we, Jets. We want you to be a part of our team. I was so excited. I was so elated. A dream come true for me to play professional football. I didn't care about the money. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care about any other thing. That was my opportunity to fulfill a dream that I passionately sought after. Well, a couple more months, I got another call. Another call stating that I had been drafted again. Everybody wants Big Joe. I had been drafted again. I had been drafted into the United States Army. So my football career, if it was going to ever, ever happen, would be placed on the back burner because you can't get out of the draft once they draft you. There's consequences if you try to do that. So I went down to Fort Bliss, Texas in El Paso. And I went to the Army base. And they did a physical. They did a, a question and answer to see if I was crazy or not. And I tried my best, but I passed that anyway. But they examined my left knee, and they called me forward. I said, well, this is it. I'm going into the Army. William Joseph Jackson, you need to come forward. You've been reclassified from 1A to 4F. You see, if you have called on the name of Jesus, you are now a soldier in the army of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's nothing worse than a person who is in the army, who is in uniform, and that person won't fight. And the reason why the devil seems to be having a heyday is that God's army is sound asleep. Sound asleep. Well, he is taking over God's territory. And so chapters one and three, or one through three, deal with your calling in this army. 
chapters four through six deal with your conduct in this army. Ephesians 1 1 says that, that it reads that. It says, You are a saint. So every Christian, let's talk about that. Every Christian is a saint. Now, the word saint means what? Holy one set apart for a unique and holy purpose. Uh, this podium is set aside. It's really not holy. Uh, but what makes it holy is the fact that it has been set aside for the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. This suit. I only wear this suit when I'm preaching. This suit is a holy suit. There's nothing sanctified about it or sweet about it, but it's holy because it has been set aside for a unique and particular purpose. You are indeed holy. Listen to me. Oh, yeah. You are indeed special. Well, why do some of us act contrary to who we are? Like, why do some people act holy in the church house, but then they leave the church house and they act like they never heard of the church? We've been set apart. You have been, you are unique. You are one of a kind. Now, in the Old Testament, they had a tabernacle. And at one time, this tabernacle actually was a tent. And as the children of Israel moved, uh, the tent moved. And then it became a more permanent place called the Temple of Jerusalem. It was set apart as a place that God dwells. The process of setting something apart is called what? It's called sanctification. When someone says they are sanctified, that means that they are set apart for a unique purpose of God Almighty. Their life is set apart. Oh, yeah. Their life is set apart for doing the work of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth. So theoretically, all Christians are saints. As my old pastor, Tommy Barnett, would say, he says, you're either a saint or you're either an ain't. You have been set apart as holy unto God. Now, you may be a bad, embarrassing saint, but if you accepted Jesus Christ, you have been set apart. You need to know that. You can't be set apart if you're one, one leg, one foot in the world, and the other foot is in the church house. You've been set apart. You're holy unto the work of God. Therefore, the Bible says glorify God in what? In your body. God also says, don't defile the temple because you are set apart or you are in the process of sanctification. But Pentecostals don't like the word process. No, we don't. We like the word miraculous. But there's no miraculous without process. Here's the process. Jesus is in front of a blind man. 
Jesus spits on the ground. That's process. Uh, uh, Jesus bends over, makes some mud. And Jesus stands up. That's process. And Jesus put, places his hands in the eyes of the blind man. That's process. And then the miracle, I can see. Because you've been set apart, again, you are in the process of sanctification. The saints of God are also a sanctuary. 1 Corinthians 6 says that you are the temple of the living God. God lives in you. You're God's dwelling place. You're just not a man or a woman of God. You are indeed significant and special. You're set apart. You're part of God's kingdom. You're part of God's army. Oh, yeah. The reason we see some of God's people fall and get in trouble is because uh, they don't really know who they are. They don't listen to what the Bible says. You're saints. So now I'm going to call you St. Keith. St. <laughs> Craig. St. Cindy. You can call me St. Joe. But you don't have to. I think it's a good idea for us all to read again the book of Ephesians. And also read the history of the church as recorded in the book of Acts, especially chapter 19. You remember Paul comes to preach. He actually preaches a revival. And a whole lot of people come to Christ. A whole lot of people get saved. And they began to change their ways. And many of the idols that they had invested their life in are now burned in the streets. Burn them up right in the streets of Ephesus. Now, in Ephesus, there is a great big temple called what? The Temple of Diana, the fertility goddess. She was the one that they worshipped, the sex goddess. Cult trinkets were sold. Phallic symbols were sold. Great place for great place for commerce. The people from all over Asia Minor came to worship Diana. But Paul, he leads the people to Jesus Christ, and their lives are immediately changed. And their economy is affected and impacted by this transformation. But in Acts 19, we read that um, Paul is now affecting their money, which to some is the unforgivable sin. Don't mess with a man's money. Take his wife. Take his dog, take his car, take his kids, but don't mess with my money. And their spending habits have changed. They're now walking out of that temple, not talking about, oh, Diana. Oh, no, they're talking about Jesus Christ. It's been said that whenever Paul preaches or preaches, Either two things happen, a revival or a riot, or both. And when Jesus Christ shows up, something changes. Either the social consciousness changes, political atmosphere changes, 
economy changes. When Jesus Christ shows up, something changes. Oh, yeah. Tommy Barnett told me when the Dream Center was established in an area, and Craig, you've been to the, the Dream Center in Los Angeles, not in a great, safe part of town. But when that Dream Center, that church, our Queen of Angels, became not only a hospital, or, not, or I'm sorry, no more a hospital, but it became a place of worship. And yes, there's a sense of healing, spiritual healing, a compassion of love. Crime was reduced 73%. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. And Paul says to the church of Ephesians that you are indeed a new people. You are blessed with the spirit. Oh, yeah. Many Christians don't understand that. Many Christians don't understand that they are brand new. And some are living the same way they used to live. Before they even came to Christ. Verse 2, or, or I'm sorry, chapter 2 says that you, you, you have a new position. I was going to bring my jerseys here. I just forgot them. But when I was traded from the New York Jets to the Minnesota Vikings, I had a new team. And I also had a new position. I no longer was like a rock star on defensive end where everybody can see you. They call them now edge rushers. I no longer wore Kelly green and white. I no longer had the number of 86. When I went to the Minnesota Vikings, I had a new position. They put me inside, defensive tackle. They gave me a new jersey, 76. I want 86. If you're going to be on this team, it's 76. I got a new team. I got a new position. Aren't you God, glad that God is rich in grace and mercy? That he loved us even when we were in our own transgressions, adultery, drug addictions, fornication, Abuse. There are others who said, you can't change. You'll never change. God, he made you alive, didn't he? And it even gets better because he made us alive together with Jesus Christ. And he raised us up with him and he put us in the heavenly realms or the heavenly places. And he seated you with Christ in the heavenly realms. You are above your circumstances. You know, that's what I really needed to know. I can preach that pretty good, can't I? I needed to walk in that when I was having that conflict at the airport. I almost said some things that I should not have said. But my wife was there, and that saved me from being profane. Because I was just so angry. I wanted to get here so badly. And the enemy... I wanted to keep me in Phoenix, keep me frustrated, keep me in Chicago, and that's the weirdest thing. Go to the gate, and it says, your reservation has just been canceled. 
And they don't care. They said, no, you canceled it at 6.02 a.m. I said, what are you talking about? And they didn't care. I said, I am executive platinum with American. I am the highest level. Next, next. <laughs> they don't care. I was so frustrated. But maybe if I would just learn to listen and to believe some of the preaching that I preach to y'all, because y'all need help. Maybe these, maybe these things wouldn't happen to me. I've been set apart. Joe, you have been set apart. And stop living in the mud then. Because God raised you up from hell to heaven. He's raised you from grit to glory. He raised you from nothingness to somethingness. The problem is you don't know who you are sometimes. Buddy, you are God's property. You were in the army of the king. You're brand new. You've been promoted. You've been made somebody. So let's quit making excuses, Joe Jack, and begin to ex accept who we are in Jesus Christ and live it out. The Bible says, as you go, preach the word. Live it out. See, that's the problem. Sometimes I don't live it out. Our people say, our, our people say two things. You know what? You know what, brother? I, 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 I just need to find myself. You've heard people say that. I just need to find myself. Hmm. Bible doesn't talk about finding yourself, but finding yourself in God. Finding out who you are in Christ. The issue is not finding yourself, but finding God. <laughs> and when you find God, you'll find who you are in Jesus Christ. I never dreamed more than I'd be a professional football player. That was, that, was, that was my dream. I was finding myself. Going to my ninth year, flunked a physical. Had to make a transition, and God will demand from you, are you transitional or are you traditional? And I had to make a transition, so I made a transition. Maybe God will demand from you to answer the question, are you transitional or are you traditional? In other words, can you adapt? Can you trust me on this faith journey? Oh, I'm still God. This door is closed. It'll never open again, but I'm still God. I have not seen or ear heard the things that God has prepared for them that love him. I'm still God. Never dreamed I'd be at a place like this. Didn't see that. Wasn't on the radar. You see, everything about you is defined in knowing Christ. Now, non-Christians, they are identified with the devil. They really are. They live like the devil, don't they? Well, that's how they're supposed to live. <laughs> Just like a sinner. Our problem is sometimes we don't even know who we are. We don't live like we're supposed to live. We are sons and daughters of God. We are holy. We are set apart. And chapter 3 talks about our purpose. Now, because of Christ, we are sons of Christ. We have a new calling. We now are a new peeping, or a new, a new people. Verse 8 to 10, chapter 3. You need to read also. We don't have time right now. Chapter 3, 9 and 10. 
We are to live, I believe, lives that show heaven how heaven works. To show the enemy that Satan's rulers, the prince of peace, or rather the prince of darkness, to show them how powerful God is. You see, I believe it's the church's job to let Satan know that God don't mess around. To show hell who's boss. To show the devil that he's under our feet. I'm tired of all this devil this, devil that. Devil gets more praise in some churches than God does, certainly on television. That's because the people in the army of God are weak. We just need to read the word of God and then realize who we are. All power belongs to God. Oh, yeah. How much power does the devil have? He has none outside of what we give him. Now, the worst thing in the world is to have an army, have all the artillery, M-16, tanks, planes, missiles, everything. But you're not equipped to use them because you don't know how to load the rifle. And people suffer because of what? Because of a lack of knowledge. We have the instruction book right here. Here is where the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ lie. But don't know how to load the rifle. So we have Christians all over this planet running from the devil. But the Christian is not supposed to run from the enemy, from the devil. I hear it all the time. People think a witch, a witch can put a curse on a believer. Can't happen. You're running with the wrong crowd if you believe that. If they could do that, they'd be more powerful than God. If they could do that, they didn't cross the bloodline. Joe, you better be careful how you talking right now. (laughs) Well, I know who I am in Christ. I know that no weapon formed against me should prosper. I know that greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. I know that I am an overcomer through Jesus Christ. Get over the fear of the devil. And that's walking the power and the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, as our praise and worship team comes, because I got five minutes. Is that right, Craig? I got five minutes. You say that now in front of these people, but then after I'm done, you went too long. You went too long. But you said keep preaching. (laughs) Oh, Joe, I just said that. (laughs) Well, I want to talk to you in four minutes. I want to talk to you, how do we leave, rather, how do we live once we understand chapters 1 and 3 of Ephesians? To understand chapters 4 and 6, you have to understand one word, and that's walk. And briefly, I want to talk to you about the five walks. The first walk in chapter 4, verse 1, walk, walk worthy of your calling. There was a man, Alexander the Great, was 
called some by, by some, the archangel of the Lord, the lion that devoured the prey. There was somebody with that same name, Alexander the Great, but he was a coward. He would shiver. He was afraid of even his own shadow. Somebody called him and said, listen, mister, you got a great name. Either change your name or live up to it. The second walk is to walk differently. It's a peculiar walk. Keep in step with the spirit. Fifth walk is to walk in love. John 3, 16, we all know that. Fourth walk is to walk of wisdom. A wise man applies biblical principles to his life. A wise man applies biblical principles to his marriage. A wise man applies a, a rather biblical principles in his business affairs. Fifth walk is the illuminated walk. You are the army of the king. Listen to me. You are a great people. You got a great job to do. And I believe I'm just going to get raw with it. It is to upset hell. So I want you to walk in these five things because you represent the Lord Jesus Christ. You know who you are. You are simply salt and light. Thanks for listening to the River of Life Church podcast. Subscribe and rate us right now on iTunes to be first to get access to new audio messages every week. Visit rolcdoylestown.org or like us on Facebook to always stay up to date on what's going on at ROLC. If you would like to support this ministry, visit the online giving page at our website. Join us next time for more from River of Life Church.